Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Well, here we are again. Another five guests have appeared on the show and I'm here to pull on some threads of what came up in the conversations. This is episode 364, my 58th Reflections with Actions episode. As always, my own circumstances and recent personal and public events externally have played their part in what I choose to reflect upon today. I also find it's curious that when I listen back to the episode's Very different parts speak directly to me, and when I tune in again, emphasis falls on something else. The reticular activating system and my filters work together to highlight what I consider to be important at the time to share with you. As I wrote my notes for these reflections with actions, I did so with compassion, love, and a very heavy heart. I've just lost a very close family friend who passed at the weekend. It reminds me of the importance of living a life of purpose and that our time on this planet is not known. It could be cut short at any moment. Health for me is of the utmost priority and it is for this reason that three weeks ago I made the lifestyle decision to stop drinking alcohol. My husband has been alcohol free for two and a half years now and I'm joining him. I shared my news with a couple of close friends and within the one of many Lead the Change community and I have been bowled over by their overwhelming support and advice. I've also read three incredible books on sobriety, which have helped me to understand the truth of the damaging effects of alcohol on the body, mind and spirit. These books, How to Control Alcohol by Alan Carr, The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray, and Happy Healthy Sober by Janie Lee Grace, were brilliant. I am by no means going to preach about how much damage alcohol does to you and your body. I do recommend that you inform yourself with the information that's available at your fingertips and then make your own decision. For me, my choice to get alcohol free has been a long time coming and it was actually prompted by Sam Rathling's very public announcement on social media at the beginning of this year about her own journey of sobriety that inspired me. Sam was my first ever guest that I interviewed for this podcast and you can listen to her interview in episode 005, The Art of Social Selling. And Sam also features again in episode 007, which is my reflections and observations episode, and again in episode 100 and 300. My husband and I have also this week dropped off our son at university, so we're now officially empty nesters. Another reminder of how fast time goes and how important it is to spend quality time with your loved ones. Focus on today, focus on now, focus on why, or perhaps focus on why not. This leads me perfectly to my first reflection for today, which is episode 359, Why Not with Kay King. After working with brands like Kenco, Hilton and Nationwide during her 30-year marketing agency career, 
Kay King now uses her experience to strip everything back to basics for her clients. On a mission to debunk the myths that cause fear, confusion and overwhelm around marketing, Kay shares the transformation she experienced when she embraced and implemented her unique marketing knowledge. Kay also shared how her own health struggles with chronic fatigue led her to reflect on her purposeful journey, which stemmed from the reaction to the question, why not? Kay said that people must have asked her that question before, but on one particular occasion, it really made her sit up and think there might be a different way of using her skills and experience. This again is relevant to my earlier point about the reticular activating system showing up for you when you have particular challenges, needs or desires that you need the answers to. Whilst this conversation centred on Kay's work in marketing and how her purpose is focused on supporting other women in business, Kay shared how she has a very clear understanding that she is helping a living, breathing human being with the challenges, frustrations and a life outside the workplace. This is where I want to focus. Life outside the workplace. Kay spoke about how she uses reflective journaling and exploratory writing. Another book I recommend is Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. And no, you don't need to be an artist to benefit from reading this book, which is in fact a 12-week programme. Do you journal already? Have you ever tried it? Have you in the past and fallen out of practice? I've spoken of the power of journaling before, but there's absolutely no harm in reinforcing the message again here, especially as there are so many different ways to journal. Just don't overthink it. Get writing. A journal is simply an honest reflection or a snapshot of how you feel at that exact moment in time. Yet also in the same time, it allows you to recognise growth and learning over time, helping you to remember all the smaller moments and how you felt, not just around the bigger events. Often when you feel stuck in life, you strive to find the right words to express your emotions. However, when you start to write, the freer you become of the emotions you've bottled up. You become emotionally unstuck, And you're more likely to be able to move on as you gain greater clarity and understanding around the event or the issue you're writing about. Basically, the more you journal, the easier you will start to see events in the context of your life as a whole. Journaling or expressive writing can help you to deal with many issues you face in life as it supports the expression of your feelings. For centuries, writers have used writing as a cathartic process. What you may deem as an intuitive process can be supported by scientific studies, notably the journal therapy work of American social psychologist Dr. James W. Pennebaker in the 1980s. What Pennebaker found was that there were both physical and emotional benefits from journaling, so much so that journaling is often used alongside medical treatments for some of the most harmful and debilitating diseases and illnesses because it has positive effects on the immune system, such as those living with asthma, liver disease, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic pelvic pain and cancer. Smith and Lepore found that in their study that as well as strengthening the immune system and helping to protect the body from disease, expressive writing could assist in regulating emotions. Writing daily in the moment means that you can't modify your memory as you so often tend to do. It's written there in black and white or perhaps in lots of colour like mine is. We are all creative. We create thoughts, solutions, skills, works of art, even lives. Creative journaling is an opportunity to brainstorm ideas and to gather sources of inspiration. Your journal could be a collection of ideas, a way to hone your skills and a way to silence your inner critic. 
It is an opportunity to share your vulnerabilities, inspirations and aspirations all on the same page. Each day, by sharing your gratitude, your concerns, fears or doubts and your achievements, you project a balanced picture of your life. A journal is a great opportunity to keep track of your goals and visualise your future whilst improving your communication and writing skills. It's a brilliant way to get your ideas out of your head and onto paper. You can use a journal to write down key learnings from books you've read or seminars you've attended. Recording them will help you to remember them. Journaling around your reflections and observations enables you to listen to yourself to make informed decisions and wise choices. Journaling helps you to identify grievances and stresses, abandon unimportant stresses, build awareness, grant control, shift perspective, reframe personal narrative and track patterns and facilitate learning. So how do you actually journal? Well, here's one way just to get going. First, find somewhere quiet where you won't be disturbed and can spend 15 to 30 minutes in a comfortable environment with no distractions or interruptions, no phones, no computers, just your journal and a pen. Perhaps you could play some soothing music or light some scented candles, whatever gets you into the mood to write. Next, focus on why. Create some guidelines before you start. If you're using journaling as a form of therapy, focus on writing about certain events, situations or people as an exercise in your growth. You're looking for resolution and acceptance as opposed to reliving the pain repeatedly. The third step is to be honest with yourself and write from the heart. Tell the complete truth. Your journal is for your eyes only. It's not to be shared with anyone. No one's going to criticise you or judge you for what you write. You're able to set your innermost thoughts and feelings free here. Fourth step, date everything so you can see your progression of your reflections. And finally, allow yourself some time after journaling just to collect your thoughts and have a moment of reflection before resuming other activities. So if you've ever been on the fence about journaling, go on, give it a whirl. If you need help with getting started, reach out to me and ask me for my free journaling PDF. My next reflection is focused on episode 360, Purpose with Gravitas with Antoinette Dale Henderson. Gravitas is an essential quality for effective leadership, authenticity and navigating times of change. But what happens when you combine gravitas with purpose? Executive coach and international speaker Antoinette Dale Henderson unveils the golden thread of how embracing vulnerability, life transitions and mistakes made, trusting the journey and letting go of perfection have all helped to shape her purpose with gravitas. Antoinette's story is one of resilience and growth. Together, we delved into topics such as the importance of being open about our struggles, dealing with feedback and the true essence of gravitas in leadership. We explored the power of purpose, finding your voice and the transformative impact of embracing your unique journey. If you didn't get the chance to listen to this episode, do go and check it out and be inspired and motivated to uncover your own golden thread of purpose. But first, let's talk gravitas with purpose. Gravitas is an impressive word. Even saying the word gravitas, you can feel a strong sense of importance, strength and influence in its tone. I remember distinctly the first time I connected to the essence of what gravitas really means for me. 
It was a beautiful, crystal clear, bluebird summer's day on the 9th of June 2001, and I was standing outside in the mature landscape gardens of Charlton House in Shepton Mallet, alongside all my friends, family and my husband, John. In front of me stood my father, elevated slightly on the rockery. As he looked out across all of us, he delivered an incredibly heartfelt and moving speech. He made us laugh. He made us cry. He made us reflect. He took us back in time and he took us into the future. He took us on our journey, 27 years in the making. He was gentle, authoritative, brought a balance of lightness, humour and melancholy and shared many precious moments. The occasion was my wedding day and it was, of course, the father of the bride speech that he delivered with gravitas. Everyone has their own unique version of gravitas, where my father commanded the respect and total attention of 85 people, all transfixed, all totally mesmerised by his authenticity, his words and his delivery of them. That was his version of gravitas. On that day, in that moment, my father embodied gravitas to perfection. So much so that 22 years later, people still speak of his speech. In episode 360, Antoinette speaks of purpose with gravitas and how the word gravitas has shaped her life course. Her definition is the ability to command respect, get taken seriously, get your voice heard and do that whilst being yourself. She also said that gravitas brings lightness and levity as there are different facets to gravitas depending on the situation that you're in. For me, gravitas is simply a part of who I am and how I show up every day. It is a quality I value highly as I focus on my purpose and mission with commitment, responsibility and significance. However, there is that facet of levity that Antoinette spoke of. In amongst the importance of my work, there is a degree of lightness too, because gravitas allows me to shine. How about you? What does gravitas mean? Does your version of gravitas allow you to shine? And what happens when you combine your purpose with gravitas? I love recording this episode with Antoinette. She presented me with so many gifts of paths to travel with her in the conversation. And one path we didn't get to explore fully was a Jahari's window model. In all these episodes, I don't recall ever coming up before, so I wanted to reflect on it here in more detail. It's a really useful model to delve into regularly for yourself and to serve as a reminder of what others may or may not know about themselves also. Jahari's window is a great tool that I use in my coaching. It's also known as Jahari's communication model and is a psychological concept and tool used to improve self-awareness and interpersonal communication. It was developed by two American psychologists back in 1955, Joseph Luft and Harry Ingram, hence the name for the framework, a combination of their two first names, Joe for Joseph, Harry for Harry. It consists of a quadrant grid with each of the four areas of panes like a window representing information about an individual. Picture a window divided into four equal parts. The first pane, or top left, is known as the arena. This is a quadrant which represents information about a person that is known both to themselves and to others. It includes aspects of a person's personality, feelings and thoughts that are openly shared and communicated in their interactions with others. 
Below this pane, so bottom left, this is known as the hidden area, which contains information about a person that's known to themselves, but kept hidden or undisclosed from others. This may include private thoughts, emotions, past experiences or personal insecurities that the individual chooses not to share. Reducing this quadrant involves opening up and sharing more with others. So let's move back to the top, top right. This is the blind area or the blind spot. And this represents aspects of personality, behavior or characteristics that are not known to the individual, but are known to others. These blind spots can include habits, mannerisms or traits that others observe, but the person is unaware of. Feedback from others is essential to reduce the size of this quadrant and to increase self-awareness. The final part of the quadrant, the bottom right, completes this window. This quadrant represents information about a person that is neither known to themselves nor to others. It encompasses unconscious aspects of one's personality, potential talents or undiscovered feelings. Self-discovery, personal growth and feedback from others can help to expand this area. So the main goal of using the Jahari's window tool is to increase the size of the open area and minimise the other four. This can be achieved through coaching as it reveals many opportunities for the individual to develop. By identifying any behaviours, beliefs or emotions which are hindering their personal or professional growth, self-awareness is enhanced, relationships and communication improve. So if you haven't used it before, I highly recommend that you go and check out Jahari's window as you'll gain many valuable insights. Just using it as a reflective tool, you can really witness progress as you expand your open area. So next up is episode 361, Practical Positivity with Freeman Beals. Creating a life of abundance through active engagement and curiosity, Freeman Beals uses the power of positive habits to inspire change. Learning from the greats through their autobiographies and from his time traveling across the world, Freeman is now able to see how to connect the dots backwards and how to avoid unnecessary struggles. Focusing on happiness, staying authentic to his core values and to providing the best value possible to his coaching clients, Freeman's focus is on practical positivity. What does a healthier, happier you look like? I ask that question sincerely and with gravitas, especially as I have a focus on my own mortality right now. I've been to two funerals in the last month and I've got another one coming up in two weeks. And so the emotion of grief is one that is sitting up right front for me right now. And two of these people were in their 50s. I will be 50 next year. It really is a case of a reminder that tomorrow's life is too late. Live for today. It's not any more complicated than that to slow down and to enjoy life. Like me, Freeman is another fan of reflection and finds it core to opening doors, to cultivating positivity and to freedom of choice. And often when I'm thinking of what topic to write about for these reflections, I turn to what I need the most in the moment. That way, it's a win-win for both you and me. Right now, what I most need is a large dose of positivity. I'm not burying my head in the sand ostrich style and avoiding various challenges. Instead, I'm turning to positivity to keep my head held high and to help me move forwards. I'm also allowing myself to feel the waves of grief, to slow down and to give myself lots of self-compassion. I only reminded myself this morning of something that Lao Tzu said. He said, I've just three things to teach. Simplicity, patience, compassion. 
these three are your greatest treasure. And couple that piece of wisdom with another, Lao Tzu saying, the wise do not lay up their own treasures. The more they give to others, the more they have. That way, if I embrace these two pieces of wisdom alongside purpose and practical positivity, these combined will show me the way through at this difficult time. And I believe it's no coincidence that the podcast episode I released recently with Freeman, I titled Practical Positivity because I needed to hear that particular message myself and believed it would be of value to you too. I recognise and acknowledge that challenges, setbacks, illness and death are a natural way of life. I would just prefer them not to all pile on top of one another simultaneously. I'm not dwelling on the negative aspects from each of these events. I look for teachings within each one. So instead, I choose optimism and resilience. I seek solutions on how I can improve my situation in the areas I can control. I'm being mindful of my inner dialogue and replacing negative limiting thoughts with positive ones. I'm breaking down each of the challenges into smaller, more manageable actions. I'm taking the lessons from the failures, reframing them as learning and growth opportunities, albeit very painful ones. And I'm also giving myself time to reflect, to heal and to remember all those special times I've spent with those I love and to continue to create beautiful memories with those who are still alive with me now. I'm so grateful to be alive. Knowing how effective gratitude practice is, I'm reflecting on what I can be grateful for and shifting my focus away from what I have lost and lack to what I still have. I'm surrounding myself with people who will uplift and support me as I'm aware that I cannot do this alone. And I'm asking those who can to help me. Freeman spoke of the combined struggle and how it forms a bond of togetherness like no other. A death is one of those combined struggles for sure. It has brought together so many people to celebrate the life of our loved one. We've spent many hours reminiscing moments of the past. I'm not ignoring or denying what I'm facing now. Instead, I'm applying a mindset of practical positivity, constructively taking steps to improve my situation. This way, I can face challenges with hope, determination and focus. One day in the future, I know I'll look back and see this as a dip in my lifeline, but I will also see the peak that follows. Such is the pattern. Such is life. So I choose to focus on positivity. What about you? What are your reflections with actions on this particular topic? How will you apply positivity to any of the challenges that you face today? For me, this latest passing of my very close friend is a stark reminder of what Marcus Aurelius said, which was to execute every act of thy life as though it were thy last. Next up is episode 362, Exploring Life's Path with Jackie Handy. Jackie is not a newbie to this podcast. She's a return visitor as she was first on my show back in episode 129, Unconscious Competence, where she spoke about her purpose work in the diversity, equity and inclusion space. It's a wonderful episode, so do check it out if you missed it the first time round. I've popped the link in the show notes. In July 2019, Jackie Handy's life changed permanently when her mum was diagnosed with vascular dementia. Jackie felt, like many relatives of the 55 million people worldwide living with the condition, helpless and heartbroken. Four years later, Jackie was determined to take back some control and decided to walk the Camino de Santiago, a 500-mile trek across northern Spain, partly for selfish reasons to challenge herself and partly to raise money for a dementia charity. 
What might you learn from walking 500 miles on the Camino de Santiago through the beautiful landscapes of Spain? Whilst embracing this enlightening, challenging and awe-inspiring journey, event speaker and inclusive leadership expert Jackie Handy found herself opening up to her new perspectives to experience greater life balance and a renewed focus on what really matters in life. She let go of unnecessary burdens, adjusted boundaries and deepened her connection to purpose. Learning from nature's wisdom, one small step at a time, Jackie found it truly magical exploring life's path. Nature doesn't ask you to be anything other than yourself, she said. How wonderful would it be if we all embraced this statement? Speaking with Jackie about her experiences on her 500-mile pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago, the focus was very much on the learnings she gleaned from nature's wisdom, of which she said there were many, some of which she thinks are still yet to come. She said, if you're metaphorically dressed appropriately, you can deal with anything. That connection with nature because it just means that you're just so very present. I ensure I spend time outside every day, no matter the weather, as being in my natural environment grounds and connects me. It keeps me present and aware of all of my senses. It reminds me that I'm alive and I stop in my tracks to smell a flower, wonder at the intricate patterns of frost gilding a spider's web, or marvel at the unflawed reflections of trees in a perfectly motionless pool of water. How often do you stop to observe what nature has to offer? Even if you don't spend much time outdoors, there is no denying that you are an integral part of this natural world you inhabit. Jackie spoke about how important interconnectedness, diversity and inclusion are in her work and life. Nature thinks so too, as it demonstrates how everything operates as one intricate web of interconnectedness. Every species plays a key role in maintaining balance and adversity. If only all humans would learn to live like this too. Nothing happens in nature instantly. There is a natural and gradual order to follow for growth and transformation to ensue. Nature has an incredible way of adapting to its environments, bouncing back from setbacks and adversity. Last year, near where I live, there were some wildfires. However, greenery is pushing its way through the earth once more. Nature teaches you patience and resilience. As John Ruskin said, nature is painting for us day after day, pictures of infinite beauty, if only we have eyes to see them. Nature constantly reminds you of the impermanence of life. Seasons change, flowers bloom and wither, and stars are born and die. Embracing the concept of impermanence can help you to let go of attachments, be present in the moment and find peace in the face of change. Just as nature experiences seasons, so your life goes through phases of growth, change and rest. Embracing these natural rhythms help you to find peace and acceptance at every stage of your journey. As Jackie found on her walk, she switched everything off, present only to the sound of the birdsong and the noise of her footsteps beneath her. Just as nature slows down and rests in the winter before spring's renewal, it's okay for you to also slow down, to rest and recharge. In fact, I believe it is essential for your well-being to do so, and it doesn't have to be just in winter either. Nature has an inherent stillness and presence that can be incredibly calming. Spending time in nature encourages you to be more mindful, fully immersing yourself in all the beauty this world has to offer. This mindfulness reduces stress, boosts creativity and enhances your overall well-being. 
balance, sustainability and conservation of energy are demonstrated in nature with this incredible natural recycling resources. Lessons in abundance to teach you to respect this beautiful planet and to observe how to balance your own life and re-establish your boundaries. Understand where you spend your time, what you prioritise and what you value and ensure that these are authentically aligned to your values. Watching a seed grow into a towering tree is a formidable reminder of the power of nurturing growth and purpose. You too can nurture your talents, relationships and dreams, allowing them to flourish and reach their full potential to build a fulfilling life of purpose you desire. Nature operates with elegant simplicity. It only takes what it needs and nothing more. Embracing this minimalist lifestyle helps you to declutter your life, reduce stress and focus on what truly matters. Take a moment to step outside, breathe in the fresh air and let nature's wisdom guide you to your path to a more fulfilled, purposeful and meaningful life. Focus on nature. Go on, step outside now and be present with all your senses to what nature has to offer at this time of year. My final reflection today is episode 363, Design a Life of Freedom with Catherine Maguire. Catherine and I are members of a book writing accountability group and I spent the most glorious few days earlier this year down in Cornwall writing alongside her and Charlotte Jones, another recent guest on the show from episode 351, Fatigue to Freedom. Staying in one of her rental properties, we spent hours writing together, walking and chatting in the evenings. Cornwall really does have a magical charm to it. As someone who understands the importance of mindset, purpose and vision, entrepreneur, investor and highly skilled international business mentor, Catherine Maguire is focused on sharing her knowledge, experiences and insights of powerful goal setting and financial literacy with the next generation and beyond. Taking time out to reflect, review and see life from a different perspective, Catherine has been able to consciously design a life of freedom. This conversation is where Catherine shares her story of adversity to abundance and how she designed her life as she wanted it to be. It involved digging deep, hard work and a determined focus on why. Are you in control of your finances? Do you have a clear vision for your future? Do you understand what type of freedom it is you're yearning for? And do you believe in compromising to get what you want? Catherine doesn't. She fixed herself firmly on achieving goals and would not compromise in the process. She believed it would happen and she made it so. And my reflection of this conversation is about compromise, when to do it and when not to. It's often referred to as being a good virtue to, to compromise, but is it? One of the most significant drawbacks of compromising is that it can require individuals or groups to abandon or dilute their core values and principles. When you compromise on deeply held beliefs, you risk losing your integrity and your moral compass. This can lead to a sense of self-betrayal and erode the trust that others place in you. Mahatma Gandhi reportedly said that all compromise is based on give and take, but there can be no give and take on fundamentals. Any compromise on mere fundamentals is a surrender for it is all give and no take. Know what your core principles and values are and hold firm to your integrity. There is an art to compromise. It requires a delicate balance, thoughtful dialogue and understanding of perspectives of others. Stephen Covey in his fabulous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, describes compromise as a low form of a win-win. Both parties give and take. It isn't creative or synergistic. 
Covey says that with compromise, respectful communication works in independent situations and even in interdependent situations, but the creative possibilities are not opened up. He shares a wonderful example in the book of a couple trying to work out a solution without either party having to compromise. A solution that's mutually beneficial and is even better than what either of them originally proposed. They listen empathetically and seek first to understand. They listen for one another's values and concerns which need to be accounted for. Covey shared that this is known in Buddhism as the middle way or higher way. It does not mean compromise. They look to solve their problem together, not on opposing sides but on the same side, working together to create a solution that works for both of them. They synergize. They both get what they want. There is a time and place to compromise. Absolutely. It can resolve conflict, lead to innovative solutions and strengthen relationships. However, it can also create conflict, delay decision making and weaken relationships. In Catherine's case, not willing to compromise on her goals or her values helped her to remain focused on achieving her intentions. She held firm to what she wanted and ensured that every day she took a step that would lead her closer to her desires. It is this refusal to compromise on what really matters to her that led her to design a life of freedom. Focus on synergy, not compromise. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.